0: Hey there, I'm Donnie Spino, and I welcome you to our broadcast of Faith for today. And today our topic we're looking at is, let me open my notes here, is, uh, thank you, Lord. We are looking at great grace, great grace, and we're looking at, we've looked at this in length in other, other ways that God had said, as you abound in everything, see that you abound in this grace also. And in those graces we found, he said, abound in, in knowledge and utterance and diligence and faith and love to all the saints. And then he said, see that you abound in this grace also. And this grace, we'll, we'll see it in the scriptures, but it was even in a state of where they lacked in some ways that they still had abundance of joy and they were still liberal in their giving. And So they had this now when we talk about the grace of God and great grace the When we look at this the church in the very beginning Great grace the scriptures say was upon them all whose grace God's grace This grace is God's ability. It is his empowering and enabling ability so when we talk about knowledge and and utterance and diligence, utterance being the ability to speak the way we need to speak to communicate effectively. When we talk about trust and we talk about that's faith, when we talk about love to all the saints, we're talking about God's ability, what he has given. And now, when it's of grace, it's a gift. You'll see this in Romans 5. We won't take the time to go there, but it talks about the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is the gift of righteousness. Do you know that you and I being made right before God, that's the gift of God? And it was by His graciousness that it was given. And so all of these aspects of the great grace is not something you and I have to work to achieve. But we do need to get our mind, our heart and our mind on the knowing, on the reality that God has graced us. And great grace is on us. In all of these ways, we'll know what's needful. We'll speak and effectively communicate. We will trust on a level that is of God's ability. We will love like Him. We will do it because it's His enabling power on us. And when we mix faith with that word, we'll see this continually work in us and through us. And over the course of these days, again, those messages are free. Go ahead and and avail yourself to them. We find that there are directions to us, the church. We are told not to fail of the grace of God like Esau did. We are told not to receive the grace of God in vain, which means to absolutely no use. It's possible that all of this, God's ability that he has freely given That we can receive it and use it absolutely not at all. That it be no usefulness to us or to others. Now that's sobering. That God's variability is there in our lives and is stagnant. Not useful, not exercised. That's, That's a pity. That is a sad state of affairs. That there is God's ability to know like you need to know, to do like you need to do, to speak like you need to speak, to trust like you need to trust, to love like you need to love, to be generous like you and I can be and not put it to work. That's that's an issue. That's a problem to the Christian. And this is something that the Lord has ministered to us in these messages is that He has said that He has made us rich. Now, you can find this in Romans 10. The scriptures say that God is rich to all that call upon Him. So anyone that's called upon God, that has entered into relationship and fellowship with Him, He immediately, at that point in time, has enriched our life. And He said that He's made many rich, but many are living in a poor way. And if he has richly graced us, but we can fail of that grace and we can receive that grace to no use, then you can see how someone was enriched and lived poorly. And that's why we're preaching and teaching this, because as far as for us and all that we're connected to, I don't want for you to stand before God at the end of your days and him question and go, why did you not put my grace to work? Why were you not faithful with what I gave you? No, I want you to know that you can know like God knows for what you need to do. You can speak like God needs you to speak for what pertains to you. You can do out beyond natural ability. You can do by God's ability on your life. He has great grace upon us. Hallelujah. And I haven't even opened the scriptures yet. You see how this has grown on me. Because there is great grace upon us church there is great grace on us now go with me if you will to 2nd corinthians 8 verses 1 through 7 2 corinthians 8 i believe we'll be kind of wrapping up this series and these messages and so that's why we've i believe by the leading of the lord some summarize some of what we've discussed and I'm, I'm thankful that it's right there for you to get and you're laying hold and receiving it and finding these scriptures yourself, allowing God to feed your faith in this area. Praise you, Lord. 2 Corinthians, again, chapter 8, verses 1 through 7. And Paul, by the Spirit of God, said, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit, the King James, this means to know, of the grace of God. We, we do you to know. It's right that you and I know of the grace of God. And if we don't, then we're lacking something that we should be having. We need to know of the grace of God. And this is not just intellectual. God desires to be experienced. He wants to have relationship with us, fellowship with us, which means He wants that grace of God. He wants us to experience it. He wants us to, to touch places in life where we look back and go, how did we say that like that? How did there's times where we have loved in a way that we go, how was it that our flesh didn't rule us in that time? And love constrained us, and we were so sweet and so gentle. That was God. That was his ability. He enabled us, and you look back and you all you can do is thank God. All you can do is give him glory because you realize that was not my ability. I did not have it in and of myself to do it that way and to say it that way and to trust in that measure. That is God. Hallelujah. We're meant to live in that kind of grace on a continual basis that we can look back. People wonder. They go, how did y'all get all that done? We go... It was God and they think no really and we go really that was God we know it you want to know it too let us let us talk to you a little bit look look he wants this for you too where you can look at life and you go that's the only way that could have happened God has graced us and We find here, he said, Moreover, we do you to know of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. So he wanted them to know that God's grace on this church at Macedonia was working in this way. And he continues and says, How that in a great trial of affliction. It doesn't matter all the circumstances to depend on how God can use us. We can be in a great trial of affliction. Um, Affliction and a lot of times in the scriptures was connected with poverty, not having enough, having less than what you needed, having less than if you and think about it. You could have plenty to be sufficient, but still not meet the need, the bills. And and tomorrow, my wife and I, we've seen this. There have been times where we assigned ourselves to a project, to a certain task. And it was great when we started. And then God dealt with us, now I want you to do this too. And then I want you to do this. And as we started to look at it, well, that which started out easy, when more weight was put on, it takes trust. And time, I've, I've seen this more and more, that time, over the course of that time, trust will be tried. And you and I will be proven whether we trust Him to do it and complete it through us, to trust in that great grace on us, to not quit, but to faithfully persevere and go forward. And as we advance, we start seeing the day does come, that it's complete. But if we're willing to quit, we won't see that day. If we fail to trust that the grace is there, we won't continue to do it. And so, in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy, so just because they're in a hard time, they didn't lack in joy. Neither do we have to. It doesn't matter how hard it gets. Joy is a spiritual substance, a spiritual force. It's a part of our faith. It's a part of God's faith in us. Joy and peace in believing. And it's something that is of the heart and internal. And it can have, it'll show fruitfulness and you can see it come out, but it's an inward out relation and working. And so it doesn't matter what's going outside, it doesn't have to change what's in. And it can be so hard and harsh outward. And yet we can keep our joy within. We don't have to let it be tainted. We don't have to let it be taken. And we can keep it the whole time. And that's what this church was doing. By the grace of God, that even in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty, you see it there, affliction and the poverty, it abounded to the riches of their liberality. So even when they seemed to not have enough, they were generous in giving, and they were glad to do it. They're joyful. And it gives us some more insight into this. In the third verse, it says, for to their power, I bear record, Paul said by the Spirit of God. Yes, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. It starts with a willing heart. And it says in the fourth verse, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift. I've seen this. Even in just recent times. My wife, Tamara, and I had it on our heart we were to do this for someone. And, and I went there. We were, um, The Lord told us to bless some people on the job site. They're doing a, a work for us and we're going to buy them lunch. And I went over and I, I uh, went to go talk with them. And I, they didn't speak much uh english and my spanish is muy poquito so uh, i got google translate out and i'm talking with them and and uh i i told him kind of the relation what what was going on in that and and uh i said i want to buy lunch for you guys we want to we want to buy lunch for you guys he said no 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 i said por favor por favor what please please let us do this. That's what this church is doing. They're saying please, don't worry about us. don't I know it doesn't look like we got much, but please let us give. They're praying them please, pray, we pray that you will let us give. And finally this gentleman he said, he said, okay, okay, I said, what do you guys like to eat? And we got in, and we were able to bless them. And again, and you could see it did something in them. Why? God led us to do it, and it was God ministering to them in this church. This was God ministering through them, and it wasn't as important as what they had, as in what was in their heart. What was in their heart to do? And God's grace was able to work in their life because they weren't so caught up in what they had or didn't have. They weren't so caught up in the times and what was going on. They weren't looking to circumstances. They were trusting that if God told them to give this, God would enable them to give this. And they did it by His grace. (laughs) And it was such a big deal. That Paul, by the Spirit of God, is saying, I need you to know what God has been doing through this church. I need you to know of the grace of God on this church at Macedonia. i got to tell you about these guys. got to tell you about these people. Thank you, Lord. And he said, uh, They prayed us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. They went to God about this first. And when they knew this is God, we're to do this. That's how grace comes. It's by grace through faith. You and I are only graced to do what God tells us to do. We're only graced to do what we hear of him faith comes by hearing and they heard first and foremost from God and that's what enabled them to have the grace to do it faith begins where the will of God is known and when we hear from him then we got something to work with then grace can come on us and we can do what he showed us we can be faithful because we have his ability to do what he said do. And that's what this church is doing. They gave themselves first to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. 6th verse, insomuch that we desire Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. God doesn't just want this grace working in one church. It is great grace that's to be upon us all. If Jesus is your Lord, if you know Him, He wants this grace working on you. Hallelujah. And He continued and said, Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. Praise God. Now let's look at verse number 9. And we see a picture of how this grace worked toward us. Excuse me. And he says, For you know. Paul is expecting that we know this grace of God that worked on our behalf. So if we refuse to take note of it, if we refuse to let it inside us, then it will hinder us in this grace of generosity because God has generously given for us. And let's look here in the ninth verse and see how. It says, For you know, so he expects us to know this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. Why might be? because it takes us mixing faith excuse me with it we might be rich it says he became poor he stepped down from deity and took upon him the form of man and all its imperfections and all of its frailties he went from seeing god face to face and being in that direct connection with him and took upon him the form of man where he had to be led of God and hear from God spiritually. He didn't see God at that point face to face. He had to be led of God like we do. He did what he did in this earth as man, and he left being of God, like God, to take that on. And the scriptures say he did that by the grace of God. He took upon him poor, poverty, lack. When you go from being God in all of his fullness and take upon you man, you have impoverished yourself. And that's, he said, you know this grace of God that was on Jesus, that he impoverished himself for your sake. He wanted you rich, so he made himself poor. And that's what this church is doing. They wanted so much that the church at Jerusalem would be rich. There were other poor saints, and they knew they could be a help to them. They knew, yeah, we're not in the best shape, but we got something, and we can do something. And when they activated that and trusted God and did what He showed them to do, they chose to help people in such a way. That they chose to in some way impoverish themselves to enrich them and it was the grace of God and it was just like Jesus did and this power is on us it's on all of us that he will lead us in times where he'll say okay will you pay that will you give that will you do that and it it will in all likeness make ourselves poor to make another rich paul by the spirit of god did this he said i ministered to you for a year year time i didn't take any wage of you even though i had right a, a labor is worthy of his hire and those that minister the gospel should live with the gospel but i didn't use that power over you lest the gospel he said i, I didn't want to you know affect the gospel going forth essentially So I didn't use that power over you. What did he do? He made himself poor to enrich their lives. And this great grace is on us. It's on you. And when you and I step into that, it's more God than people have realized. The enabling power is not of us. And so we'll give and do these kinds of things and look back and go, how in the world did we give like that? How in the world did we do? Because God was on it. It was not our ability. It was God. Now go with me. Let's look at chapter 9, verses 6 through 12. Hallelujah. And Paul, by the Spirit of God, said, But this I say, He which sows, that gives, sparingly, shall reap or you could say receives also sparingly and he which sows or gives bountifully shall reap or receive also bountifully every man according as he purposes in his heart so this comes back to the willingness they were first willing of themselves you and i first have to have a willing heart we have to first and foremost thank you lord purpose in our heart and this is where great grace lies it's not doing what others think we should do it's doing what he puts in our heart to do every man according as he purposes in his heart so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity for god loves a cheerful giver and god is able to make what all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work this is the grace that was working they were abounding to good work and as they're abounding they're not lacking in order for us to abound we have to have our own covered and they were giving out beyond themselves And yet, supernaturally, they were taken care of. So much so that they could even give that. In order for you to give it, you have to have it. You have to have not already eaten it. Not already put it to work. Not already put it to to use. They had to have it. And they had their own plus. Even though the scriptures say they were in a poverous, impoverished situation. And... It continues and says, and again, not grudgingly, not because what well, we need to, we need to. No, we want to. We want to. And it goes on and says, thank you, Lord, that God makes all grace abound toward us, that we always have the sufficiency, always have our needs provided and abound. Thank you, Lord. And he continues and says, As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness remains forever. Now he that ministers seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness. This is this generosity which causes through us thanksgiving to God. Hallelujah. And it goes on and says, for the administration of this service not only supplies that need, the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings to God. Your and my obedience to that great grace of generosity is something that causes them to lift their hands and give God thanks. And it causes a victory in their life and it causes us to have part in that reward forever. And this, those very verses, they are quoting Psalm 112. For time's sake, we will not go there. But for homework's sake, look at these verses. Because you'll find blessing working out on us. You'll find overflowing ability. And you will find it talks about, oh, thank you, Lord. In order to disperse abroad, you have had to first be blessed and made rich. And, yes, sir. There's so many notes here that we could go to. I'm endeavoring to get this right. Yes, sir. We're to experience this great grace on us. Like I had mentioned before, I know that, Uh, my wife Tamara and I, we had got it on our heart. We were supposed to give a vehicle. And for us, it was at the time like a $28,000 project. We had never personally accepted doing something like that. But the Lord led us. Led us to those that we were to do it for. Led us. And it was, you know, what they were believing God, the thing that they wanted for some time. And before we... We were prompted and and led to them. I had seen them drive a nice vehicle. The only one I saw them driving Looked like they were in good shape. It was a nice, you know uh, Buick, you know SUV nice and and that's all I saw That's all I knew and then you know they I went with them to go look a day and and the vehicle that the other vehicle they had it would shake as you got to a certain mile per hour, you know, and, and the odometer had stopped working. And I didn't see any of that. I didn't see any of that. You and I can't be led by necessity if we're going to be led of God in this great grace. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is because we accepted that, and then God let us go to Ramah, train for the ministry. I almost wonder if we would have heard some of the things that came after if we had not first accepted doing this for them. They are more connected than people realize. If you and I are not faithful with the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to our trust the true riches, doing things for God, being useful for Him in the kingdom? I remember Brother Kenneth E. Hagen. The Lord had caused him to give greatly in times of their life and ministry. Sometimes he'd give all their Christmas money by the leading of the Lord. He 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 said I'd be having uh I'd be having this fight between my head and my heart. In his heart, God's telling him do this, and his head's thinking, we haven't got gifts for the kids yet. We haven't done. And yet he did it. And there came a point in time the Lord led him to a place. A woman was at the point of death. And the Lord led him in there, and he did what the Lord showed him to do. She lived hallelujah and did not die and he left that house that place and the lord reminded him said you remember that ten dollars i told you to give he recalled he hadn't thought about until that time he said if you had not been faithful there i could not have used you here and we saw that as we started saying yeah we'll do this yeah we'll do this then we have tuition to believe God for. And as things were going, well, the Lord enabled us to pay off first year, but second year still needed paid off. And then He led us, well, I didn't disconnect you from that church you came out of. So then He was expecting us to believe Him for a second home. A home just to go to church in another state. To go from Oklahoma to Missouri, times every weekend. So you're training for the ministry, Monday through Friday, working through that week, and then get on the road, do three and a half hours there, serve there, that's your church now, do and help who he told you to help, give of your time, give of your talents, give of your heart, give of all that you are, and then get back on the road and go back home in Oklahoma so you can get back to work. And we did it, and we did it, and we did it. Why? Why? because great grace was on us and because we heard of him. So now here we are still trusting God to do this project beyond we ever have. And yet still we had to borrow to borrow money to get that second home. It seemed crazy. When we first started looking at it, the bank was telling us no, no, no way. But then we had it and there was no contention. And we got a great place. And we enjoyed it, and it worked well, and it served well. But you had extra things to believe God to cover now. And what seemed to be easy paying off that vehicle, it seemed tighter. And the enemy comes and says, you know, they'll understand. If you tell them, you know what, we didn't know we'd have all these things coming up. We're so glad to have been able to sow as long as we have. But you know what? We can't do it anymore. Either He told us to do it or He didn't. And we need to be willing to swear to our own hurt and do faithfully what God told us to do, irregardless of the cost, if He'll be able to use us. And so we would do it by His grace, by the Father's help, and time after time that check would be there and we'd pay it. And we got to the place we stopped borrowing from others and we borrowed from ourselves. And I believe we were prompted to do so. I don't have to share any of these things. I'm sharing this because God's quickening it to me. I want you to get this. And so we started borrowing from our own retirement and borrowing from ourselves to knock out debt, pay things off, and continue doing what God told us to do. We weren't going to quit, we were going to complete. I want to say that we weren't going to quit because the grace of God on us, we were going to complete. And it's after year, after year, after year, a few years go on and you're still paying the thing off. You want it done. And the day came. And in fact, in the same time frame, the Lord led me to sow what was my fun thing, the motorcycle I had. And we sowed it in that same time frame as we're believing God for the last intuition, tuition and to continue doing what we're supposed to do there in 2018. And our elders in the faith were about to do their first international travel, their own, them flying from this nation to another nation. And they did multiple nations right around Thanksgiving. And God let us buy them lunch, have it catered, some good barbecue that they would like. Why am I saying this? We didn't have the money. I remember being outside the RMAI office. Yes, sir. I'm not saying these things. This was great grace on us. I am giving God glory for what He allowed us to do. The only reason we could do it was because He enabled us to trust Him. And because we were willing We stepped out. I remember I was outside that RMA office. I was stepping out of class, and I was calling to make sure, because of the timing factor, that this barbecue would get there for them. And as they were prepping to go, they were being out away from family for their Thanksgiving. They were out for three weeks in that year. And Tamara and I, we got to bless them. We got to give them some good Thanksgiving barbecue before they went and ministered abroad. He allowed us to do that. We didn't have it. God enabled us. And we don't owe anything. Put it on a credit card. That credit card was paid. He enabled us to do it. We still owed tuition. So in that motorcycle, we had $1,100 that came in our hands. Still owed the same amount on tuition. And we gave it to someone that had just lost their husband. And were going out to, to Rama, Peru. To help out and get the good news out and continue life. I don't, this is glory to God. He has things like this for us that we put other people first. And when we look back, we realize how did we, people wonder, how did you do it? It was God, it was His great grace. He enables us to be generous, He enables us. And I look at you today, I got a better motorcycle today. We eat well today. We get to still buy lunch for people today. We get to, but if it's a choking point for us, if it's too much because we have all these obligations still, then we cut ourselves off from more grace. If we won't humble ourselves and be willing to do it, we cut ourselves off from Him being able to add more to us. And no one else can say that they had that barbecue there for them for their thanksgiving and prepared them to go. We get to say that because God enabled us to do it. And I'm so thankful. There's much more things for us to do like this. If we will accept His grace, if we will allow it, if we will take note of it and go, because of God on us, we're going to generously do like none other can it glorifies him and it touches hearts all along the way. Praise you, Father. That's all our time. I wanted you to get all of that. I didn't want to leave any. There is great grace, God's grace on us. And it's such a witness to this world. Come back for more, my friends. We love you. We bless you. We will see you soon.